Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is my friends. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, I Social Fans. Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Fans. My name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocialFans. My goal is to help cure your fear of missing out, understanding what's going on in the digital, technology, social media world, and hopefully turn your fear into joy. And today we're going to have a, a different conversation, not really technology-driven, but more about educating on turning, hopefully, the fear into joy on a touchy subject, a subject that, of course, is close to my heart as a dad of, of three girls. Also, uh, I've been very close with an organization known as Help a Race, which you'll find a little bit about on this episode. But on July 30th is Worlds Against Trafficking Persons Day, which is all deals around uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking, and child trafficking. And uh, I've been an advocate uh, with Help a Race, which is a child trafficking organization uh, an organization that helps try to prevent child trafficking through education as well as um, the actions they take on. And uh, in that, I guess, in that honor or in that, that idea, um, I was re they reached out to me and asked me if I could interview one of my good friends, uh, Mark, who is a police officer here in California, been on the force for about 20 years. And a lot of what he does is help educate uh, not only the uh, community, but also fellow police officers on social media, the value of it, how to leverage it, but also how we can teach others to be safe on social media. And you know, I believe a lot of what we can do, a lot of what I believe the power of social and digital can give us is the opportunity to educate and reach people like we've never been able to do before. And so I thought I would take this opportunity. I'm gonna bring you guys an interview that I did on my Facebook Live with Mark, and he's better known on social as I, Digital Cop, so follow him, I, Digital Cop, on Twitter, great follow, great guy, um, inspiration in everything he does, uh, really just, an, you know, beyond putting his life in danger and risking his life as all those that are out there, that men and women who, you know, protect and serve our, our country, um, you know, he's just a, a great guy, and I was able to have this conversation, we talked a little bit about um, what to do to help our, with our kids online, we also talked about uh, the first steps to do if your kid does go missing or maybe someone else's kid goes missing and you are in a store. So if you're a parent, you're a parent of, uh, you're an uncle, you're an aunt, maybe you're just uh, you know, a, a concerned citizen. I hope this, this episode um, adds some value, gives you some insight. And as I say at the end of this, this episode, you know, to get involved, to help stop something as horrible as child trafficking it really just starts by educating people on the fact that it does exist, it's happening at alarming rates, and what we can do to help prevent it, but also if that worst case scenario does happen to someone that we love or to us, um, what we can do to help uh, hopefully lead to the most positive outcome possible. So without further ado, an interview that I had with my good friend Mark, or let's just say Officer Marty, from the California Police Department, uh, great guy, focused on a mission that we are both believing with Help a Race, 
And remember, the day is July 30th for World Against Trafficking of Persons Day. Make sure to get your voice heard. Let's help educate the masses. And Mark and I explain just how to do so. All right. We are live on a Friday afternoon. It is Friday, July 20th. Uh, my name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocial Fans, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about an event that's happening on July 30th, and I got my good friend Mark, and we're both kind of, uh, you know, not only advocates, but big fans of the team over at Help a Race, and uh, we decided to come together, have a little conversation about what's going on July 30th, as well as give some tips and tricks and, and really have a conversation that hopefully will, will drive awareness, even if it's just for one person. Um, if one person is more aware and understands um, some of the things around not only day against uh, trafficking, but what Helper Ace is trying to do, uh, the world is a better place. But before we get into the topic, Mark, go ahead and introduce yourself. Give us a little bit about your background. Uh, I know I know you very well. We've been able to hang out in person many, many times, but for the audience that's uh, listening maybe now or on replay, give us a little bit of your back. Sure. So uh, I am. I live out in Southern California, sunny Southern California, and uh, I am a police sergeant for the Montebello Police Department in um, Southern California, a city called Montebello um, in the Los Angeles area. And I've been a cop 20 years. But um, I, I think and, and part of what I do um, as a law enforcement officer is I'm also in charge of all the social media that goes on uh, at my agency. I developed the program. Um, brought us out there uh, to show um, the human side of law enforcement, and and so I kind of call myself a, an honorary millennial brand because I'm I'm in my 40s, but you know I'm on all the platforms and I love everything that comes with social, right? And so my my head's buried in in my phone and other uh, gadgets that I have, and so I think I just transitioned into the whole social media thing for our department it was pretty pretty simple, so. Um, but so along with that, I think what's what's important and what we're talking about today is, um, although I've been a cop for 20 years, Brian, it wasn't until I met uh, those from uh, Help Race, Sandy um, specifically, that I really understood the big problem that we have with um, child trafficking. And I'm, I'm ashamed. To, I was ashamed to say that at one point because you would think I've been a cop for 20 years and why don't I know about this? Well, human trafficking isn't new. But it isn't something that a lot of cops know about. I will tell you in the last year, um, there's a lot more training that we're seeing that we're hosting uh, throughout Southern California. And there's a lot of arrests going on. So we're a lot more aware now than we were back then. But because I was so uh, blind to what really was going on, um, I decided to, like you, become an advocate for for help racing. So I go out there and do what I can to help Sandy with whatever needs to be done. And I, I try to educate our parents, educate our community, just educate. Like you said, if we can impact just one person today or, you know, uh, uh, by July 30th, I think, I think we'd be doing our job. No, I agree. And, I, you know, I've always, you know, admire, first off, thank you for your service, you know, as a, as a man of services, the community as a full-time job, and you put your you know life on the line every day, you go to work, you know, we can't do what we do um, if it wasn't for the men and women uh, like yourself. And I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I remember kind of first connecting you. with you and not only finding your love and passion for social, but really kind of even changing the conversation around how people even perce perceive uh, police officers and understanding the role of a police officer. And, and you know, I remember the show you had and you were not only you know, connecting a lot of these conversations, but you were adding a new light to maybe what people, um, you know, even adding a human element sometimes to what, you know, is 
normally, especially the child trafficking thing. Uh, I remember the first time meeting Sandy and it's that element of like, you feel like you know what's going on, but because the topic is so you know, hard to talk about as well as you know, hard to wrap your head around that this is going on, it almost is, scares people away from pushing it out there, right? And I, and I remember her you know, passion and, and the people, all the people on the Help Erase team on what they're doing and they're going it above and beyond their day jobs, much like with what you do. And I think this is something that not only is human trafficking an issue, but it's something that's been going on for a long time. But I think it's finally now our culture is to a place where we are okay talking about things that we, yes, it's not comfortable. Yes, it's not something we, we enjoy picturing or walking through. But I also can't imagine, you know, as a dad, even, you know, one of those steps happening or some of these scenarios or the things that we, we both have kind of been aware of now with Help Erase. And so if we can take the precautions to make it not happen, sometimes these things happen and you need to also be aware and prepared to act if something that we all wish would never happen, uh, happened to us. So give us some of those, those nuggets on, um, you know, maybe what to do first and the things that not only you've learned, but you can kind of implement at, you know, as a police officer as well. Sure. So I think, um, well, I can tell you, even as a police officer, sometimes when we respond to missing persons calls, um, we think, Oh, it's just a kid who's upset at mom and dad and they ran away and don't, don't want to be found. Well, um, you think that, but that isn't always the case. And I've learned through some of the training and some of the, the information that I've, that I've read recently is that when someone goes missing, there's a good chance. And I don't want to actually, I want to scare parents, but I want to scare you to educate you. So I'm not trying to scare you to the point where you don't want to let your, ch your, your child go out because you have to, but here's what you need to do. If your child goes missing, there's a few things you should do right off the bat. And so um, some of the things I might be telling you might think are kind of awkward or weird, but trust me, I'm going to explain why. So the first thing you should do, obviously, is if your child goes missing and they're missing from home, let's say you wake up in the middle of the night and your child's gone, right? Well, maybe they just snuck out of the house and went to that club, right, or went to that high school party or whatever they did, or maybe they didn't. But uh, and then the reason I say this is as, as innocent as you may think that is – now, I understand that's not necessarily innocent because they're obviously not obeying what you want them to do. But you know, maybe, Brian, you and I might have you know, snuck out of the house when we were younger to go to a party or something, right, um, just to go have a good time. But in today's society, that's where traffickers will go, okay? And, and they will go to the, the high school parties and the clubs and things like that. So if you wake up and your child's missing, the first thing you need to do is obviously try to call them on their phone, get a hold of them. They're probably not going to answer or, or answer your text. The next thing you need to do is call the police immediately, okay? Let them know that your child's uh, missing, and um, they're going to ask you some specific information. And we'll get to some of that information in a second. But here's the other thing I want you to do, which is going to sound weird. Check your house, okay? So you better check their bedroom, check under their bed, check in their closet, Check in crawl spaces, check in your check outside, check in the check everywhere, because believe it or not, sometimes when your child um, and maybe not in relation to what we're talking about today, but your child decides they're, they're, they're upset and don't want to listen to mom and dad. And you think, oh, my God, my kid, my kids split. Well, they could be hiding in the garage or under their bed and just to prove a point. Right. Um, so it's important that you check your house, because I guarantee you when we get there, we're going to check your house also. And you're going to think that's weird. But trust me, that's part of what we do, because you'll be surprised how many times we find kids. Um, in their own house. So now if your child goes missing at a store, because yes, believe it or not, predators actually go to stores and they will 
walk around and look for the single mother um, who has that child or even look for maybe a full family, but maybe that child is a little bit away and they will follow you around. And if you, if that opportunity rises, these idiots, I mean, that's the nicest way I could say it. These idiot predators will snag your child in a second. Now, if this happens in a store, same thing. Okay. Notify store security immediately. Okay. Now, if store security tells you you're going to call the police, do not wait for them to call the police. I'm sure that they will, but call the police yourself. We all have cell phones. Call 911, okay, um, and let them know that you believe your child might have been kidnapped. Um, and so when you do that, there's other information that you need to have with you, okay? Um, now, some stores have protocols for this. Most stores do. Most big stores have protocols for something like this. So they could lock down the store. They could they could page throughout the store. There's a lot of things the store could do. But you need to contact the police. You need to let, let them know that your child is missing. And what's important for parents nowadays, especially with our phones, right, all the technology we have, you should have current pictures of your child. And I'm not talking about a picture with you and the entire family. Have a picture of your child. As you see how Brian and I look in this picture, it's just me on my camera and him on his camera. Okay. So we need you to have that current picture of your child. That way, when someone go, when your child does go missing, um, you can actually send that picture to the officer when they get there. Or believe it or not, nowadays, at least in Southern California, we have 911 texting capabilities. It's not wow. completely rolled out, but it will be rolled out probably, I think, within the next year or two. Well, so we're testing it at my agency, but when that goes live, guess what? You can now text us a picture. I believe I'm not 100 percent how it works, but just just understand, Brian. You and I, we don't we, we talk in person. You know, if we see each other, but you know, we live on you know other parts of, of the U.S. So what do we do? We text. We send messages through social media, right? Well, that's what the police departments are seeing that and they understanding that. So that's important. Have the picture. Now, when you call the police, there's specific information that you need to provide them. Okay. I understand that you're going to be frantic and you're going to be upset, but it's important to try to pull you because you need to give them your, your child's name, their date of birth, their current descriptions. If the picture you have is a picture of them with maybe a different color hair, you need to let them know. Let them know exactly what they were wearing that day um, when they went missing. And then, uh, you know, do they wear glasses? Do they have braces? Does your – is it – you know, do they have um, – um, you know, um, what do you call them? Stu uh, earrings, uh, whatever it is. Do they have, I mean, I hope they wouldn't have a tattoo if they're underage, but you know, even if your child is 18 or 19, yes, they're an adult, but they're still a child really. And so um, these are specific, this is specific information you must provide to the police department. Other thing that's really important nowadays, um, not everybody I know is technologically sound with devices, but um, we all know that most phones have tracking capabilities now. And if your child has a phone, I'm, I'm going to guess that you're the one that bought that for them, right? And so it's not really their phone, although they think it's their phone, right? Because you bought it, right, Brian? Right. So oh, yeah. you own it. So you should have those tracking capabilities on there. That way, if your child does go missing, you can try to track them as quickly as you can. Yeah, and I think you know, like that's those are things that are really important. That's an interesting one too, because you know, you know, my my daughters are although younger, they have the iPod touches, and even on their iPod touch. I'm able to enable not only parental controls, which of course is a good step, but there's also things where I can let them control a majority of their device, but there's things that I can control. Like I can ping it no matter if it's on or off to turn. 
at, hopefully in correspondence right. to where they're at. But something you said I wanted to ask, you know, as a dad, I feel like before I was a dad that went out to a store, and if I, if I saw someone, let's say if I was thinking in my head, like, oh, my kid's going missing, I w- my initial response is like, I don't want to be the person that cries wolf, right? I don't want to just call the police without doing my due diligence. I can say, as a dad that takes three little girls to the store, it is kind of like wrangling cats with all, every second of the day. And there are that moment where the kid goes behind the, uh, the, the coat rack and all of a sudden I'm like, where do they go? And you, I'm curious, you know, that, that parent that maybe they're, they're listening, what, what is your advice or maybe your thoughts from a police officer perspective of, okay, are they really missing? Should I wait or should I call and take this step? Because, you know, that, that time matters. I, I, Cause I, I think we, what well, we both agree, and I'm sure you probably have so many experiences of, of crying wolf, but at the same time, maybe they should have cried wolf because it, it cost them valuable minutes or hours in the search of their children. So I can tell you, Brian, um, as many missing persons calls as we get, we probably get a similar amount uh, or maybe a little bit less of calls from people saying, Oh, you know what? Sorry. I found my kid. And that's okay. Because that's what we want. We want you to stay ahead of the game. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. I think the best one, cause I remember as a kid, I would, I would hide in the clothes rack, right. And mom, mom and dad would be yelling. And, and so it's okay to jump, um, jump, go ahead and jump the gun because it's very simple because when you're calling 911 and say, my kid's missing, I'm at target or wherever you're at. Um, and then you hang up and now you're looking for your kid, the police, you know, we're probably dispatched and we're on our way. So it's just as easy for us to drive down there, and then next thing you call back, say, hey, I'm sorry, I found my kid there playing in clothes. Okay, great, because now our dispatcher just tells the officer, hey, you can uh, you know, disregard that call, and we go back and, you know, to our normal patroller, respond to other calls. So um, I, don't, I, I, I see it from, like, uh, from your perspective as you would think of it as call, uh, crying wolf, but it isn't. You're just getting ahead of the game because, hey, really, like I said, um, we've, I've, I've gotten to missing persons calls myself. Um, where I actually say, hey, I need to look through your house. And I'm like, well, why? And then I do. And then we find the kid, you know, um, in the clothes, you right. know, or, and actually they're not even trying to do anything. They're just, they're just innocently like playing on one of their devices, right? Sitting under their bed because maybe the lighting's better. So. No, I, and that makes sense. And I, I'm glad you said that. And, you know, both of us, you know, uh, on July 30th, for those that are watching here live, or maybe those that are listening afterwards, you know, July 30th is World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. And, you know, one of the things that really, you know, amazed me and amazed is probably the wrong word because it, it, it I, I think we associate children are, are, are trafficked in the world today, especially in and out of the country and, and um, certain things, especially, you know, sex trafficking, but then taking that even a step further and, you know, help a race really open my eyes to the, the epidemic, you know, impacting children, right. And this idea where not only are adults being trafficked, but children are being trafficked, to a, to a level that the numbers, you know, brought me to tears last year. I remember reading uh, the numbers on a, a live video stream. And it's just the idea of not only being aware ourselves of what to do, but also bringing aware so that other people are aware of it, right? And so for those that are listening, you know, I think, part, yes. Mark, you what we both love about social media and uh, technology as a whole is we love the idea that, yes, you and I can connect. We would have never probably met or maybe it would have been a lot harder to meet if it wasn't for these um, great tools. But it also allows us to convey messages, educate at a scale and a way that we would have never dreamed of years before. And I think doing, taking it, using these tools, using these platforms to 
educate people on something like child trafficking to me is the least we could do. And so I'm curious, you know, if you had to, you know, wrap your thoughts on it and advice for those that are out there, you know, what's your, what's your call to action or maybe um, your plea for those that are listening, you know, other than the fact we know July 30th is there, make sure people are following Help Erase. Mark, give us your just kind of, um, you know, call to action for those that are listening and watching. Sure. So um, I think, I think the biggest call to action for me is, um, and this isn't even just with child trafficking, but it's it's being aware of what your child's doing on social media. Like you said, Brian, it's it's an excellent tool for us to reach out, but it's also the number one tool that child predators use. That child who might have that weak moment, or maybe who got in fight with mom and dad and said, "I hate my parents," you know, or my mom and dad, I don't like them. And it's probably something sim- simple as, "Oh, they want to take away my phone, or they won't let me go out with my friend." Well, child predators, um, it's 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 similar to to joining a gang, Brian. Um, because I say that because the gang members, child predators, they prey on the weak. Okay. And I say the weak, I say, and I mean like kind of like weak minded. So maybe someone who's vulnerable at that one moment where they're upset at mom and dad, or, or maybe they're having something, you know, maybe they don't have parents or maybe one of their parents is locked up or something, or, you know, whatever it may be. These predators come on social as much as you and I do to find these children. So, what I want parents to do is I want you guys, parents, aunts, uncles, because I'm not a father, but I'm an uncle and I have a lot of nieces and nephews. And I take my nieces and nephews' phones and devices and I look through them every time I see them. They have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but I, what I don't want you to do, parents, is um, I want you to be afraid, but I want you to, to go away with go away from here or from what we're, we're trying to do to be a little bit more educated than you were maybe 20, 30 minutes ago. I want you to develop that partnership with your child. What I don't want you to do is to take your child's uh, phone and put, put software on it and don't tell them about it, okay? I want you to put software on your children's device devices and I want you to tell them that you're putting it on there because you need to develop that partnership with your child. You need to have that relationship with your child that they can come to you when, when something bad happens. You can tell them, hey, you're, you know what? I know you want to be on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, but I'm going to be your friend on there also. Now, Brown, we all know that anybody can go on there and hide stuff from their parents. And most kids, before you and I know about stuff, they're going to know about it before we do, right? Because yeah. Snapchat was what? Initially platform for the children, right? right. So um, if you develop that understanding and uh, maybe even uh, develop a contract with your child and develop that relationship regarding it. I guarantee parents, uh, most of the time your child, your children are going to listen to you and they're going to understand. So if you put, and before we, before we sign off tonight, I'm going to give uh, people some, some software that things that they can put on their devices or use to track their child's phone. Um, but here's the thing. If you give your son or, or your daughter an iPhone and don't tell them that there's something on and all of a sudden they find out about it, guess what? Now you've just lost their trust. Yes, I understand. They're your child. You're the parent. They're the, they're the kid. But remember, they will try to manipulate you, right? And they, if they don't think they can trust you, they're not going to come to you. If some weirdo messages them on Snapchat or on Facebook, somebody weird like that. So if you develop that relationship with your child, when something weird happens on social, they're going to come to you. When something looks weird in a store that maybe they see, but you don't because you're focused on getting in and out because you have to get home and make dinner and then pack lunch and stuff for the kids for tomorrow, right? Um, they're going to come and tell you, mommy, this guy is looking at me weird or I don't know what's going on. Biggest takeaway from me, develop a relationship with your child. Explain to them what we're talking about. You know, and I love the way you broke that down because I think 
you know, there's this, you know, I talk about it in marketing and I think it's, it's just as imparent, you know, imperative as a parent, you know, explaining to the kids why and how that this will be used, right? It's, you know, if, if you immediately say, hey, I'm putting tracking software on your phone, you know, that's going to, it's going to be, you know, it's a good start, but it's often going to, you know, uh, put, put an alarm off for the kid. I can almost guarantee you go look at their browser history. The first thing they search afterwards is how to get around parents software for tracking me. But if you, exactly. if you explain to them, hey, I want to make sure that if you did get lost or if something you know bad did happen, I had these things in place to make it happen. And I want you to know that I trust you to, to do these things. And if you bringing these to me, because it's that, you know, when you explain that how and the why, I think most kids that have that relationship with their parents are going to say, well, I'm glad, you know, I, I understand now why my parent puts that on there. Right. And, and that trust is, is so important. And I, and I think be, even I think taking it a step beyond, you know, as we look at our kids being more vulnerable and more open online, it allows their friends to be more in touch, but it also does allow the bad people and the people that can take advantage of those vulnerabilities. And I think as we are monitoring things, what's going on, oftentimes monitoring doesn't even require to have their device, right? It's monitoring what yep. they're posting publicly on social media, even having an open dialogue. Um, one of my things that my dad did early on was, um, and this is kind of the extreme of my parents owned a frozen yogurt shop and people would ask my dad, like, why would you do that? And he was like, my goal is to hire my kids' friends so I get to know them better, and I have a great relationship with all of my kids' friends. And, and my dad did that for all three of my, you know, of my brothers and I, and, and it was this element of if there was something they were worried about, they could also reach out to my friends and, and didn't have to, you know, maybe I wasn't going to be the one to tell my mom what was going on, but a friend that could do that. And it all does start with that trust and kind of establishing that. And I think today, I think kids are savvy in us, but I also think kids have been aware to a point that if you if you present it in the right way, um, that they'll they'll not under, only understand it, but there is an element of um, I would much rather my kids start questioning some of the things they're putting out there than me to be, take a blind eye and too afraid to put that kind of software on there because um, you know. I, I am that dad that, you know, I, I, I'm able to monitor my kids today on their iPod touches. And I know there will be a day where they'll outsmart me. And I just hope that yeah. I have the trust that they have. So I am so glad you brought that up. Go ahead and give us some of those tools or that software um, that you mentioned that uh, people can use. Yeah. So um, I just throwing this out. To, I'm not endorsed by any of these products, but the all, um, and that I've heard from people that work well. So you can go to, um, you know, and it's you, K-N-O-W, kids.com. And they have great uh, software there. And uh, TeenSafe, TeenSafe.com. Um, those are two websites you can go to for different types of software that you can put on your child's phone. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think You Know Kids is the one you can monitor from a website and not even from the phone. So um, um, they're, both, they're both pretty good from what I've seen. And then parents, if you want to stay educated, um, you should be – following safesmartsocial.com. Uh, they all have webs or, uh, Facebook pages as well. Um, they all put out good information, and I tweet out almost everything they tweet um, and, and post. And what's your, and then, what's your Twitter of account? Of course. What, we give, want, us, give us your Twitter account. So um, I'm at iDigitalCop across all platforms. 
iDigital Cup. And, and, you know, one of the things that I did uh, recently was I turned on uh, Facebook notifications for every time help a race post on Facebook because they, they take, you know, they don't post, they don't overpost. And when they do post, it's something of value to understand what's going on, not only in child trafficking, but safety online and best practices and even some of the um, success stories to, to on, on that side. So make sure to follow, um, you know, the help a race handle on Facebook, help a race handle on Twitter, iDigitalCop, of course, um, out there. Any other places, any other websites for, uh, for those that are listening and watching? I think that's good because uh, I got to tell you, the Safe, the Safe Smart Social website is very, very comprehensive, and I think they would love it. I, I, we'll definitely make sure they get out there. And uh, Carino, definitely one of the uh, yes. the advocates, uh, one of my favorite people on Facebook Live that across the board. She she can motivate and inspire you uh, every day. She has a really good yeah. question. She, uh, you know, I, and I'll share my thoughts. I'm curious of yours first. You know, what advice Go do you have it. for kids helping to grow their social media safely? What are what are some of the tips that you have um, for kids that are teens that are out there? Because we all know, unfortunately, there's a self esteem and a in a in a world we're living in now that friends and followers and 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 you know becoming 15 minutes of fame um in social is a thing what are some of the advice you would give us she just asked that question on on facebook i think it's worthy of worthy of an answer yeah. for sure yeah hey karina thanks for tuning in of course and you got more energy than i ever have um so um i think the important thing for for a child to remember and even parents is that anything you put on the internet today does not go away. It's always going to be there. Okay. Even if you think, Oh, I deleted that comment. It's probably still going to be there. Um, and, uh, so it's important to know that. So back in the day, Brian, and maybe even not so much now, but like if I wanted to get a job 20 years ago, like for example, when I became a police officer 20 years ago, um, I did a resume, right? Put a resume together. I actually typed the document, right? And put it out on a piece of paper. Okay. And I turned that in with my handwritten application, right? Actually, no, that I typed on a typewriter actually. And what's a typewriter, right? See, I can see it in your face. So what you need to know is that your, um, your, what, what your employer is going to look at is your social media platform. They're going to see what your social media presence is. And so if you're posting stupid stuff that you shouldn't be, and you want to go get a job, guess what? The employer is probably going to find you because they're going to hire somebody like Brian or someone like me to do a background on you, right? And they're going to, they're, you know, at that point, you know, we're, I'm pretty savvy when it comes to doing some investigative stuff, especially because we have to do it for police officers when we hire cops. And so if we find that um, that tweet or that Instagram post um, that, that maybe you shouldn't have posted – it could, it could hinder you getting a job. So understand this and remi- rem- uh, remember this. Everything you post on social, everyone will be able to see it at one point or another. And it, if you um, use that, if you have that school of thought when you're posting on social, then you're probably not going to post something stupid. Okay. I, I love that. I, I couldn't agree. And I always, I always say every digital action you take, you know, every group you belong to, you know, I do a lot of um, competitive intelligence where I can tell who a company's merging with months before they do, because the CEO all of a sudden joins a LinkedIn group uh, that's public. And, you know, I think from, you know, and I love those tips. And I think for me for, you know, and I think this goes into educating parents for kids, but also kids kind of educating each other, you know, being selective with what you post and where you post it is important. So I, I do believe in the idea of like only posting to groups and only posting, but there's an idea of being selective of who you hope sees it 
and the possibilities of who can see it, right? And, and right. you know, for Snapchat, for an example, for those, you know, I'm the geeky guy that knows that, that every Snapchat that is sent actually is, sits on a server for a certain period of time. Therefore, even if it's sitting on a server for 10 seconds, that, that digital, the breadcrumbs and footprint that it leaves, we both know, uh, allow it to be archived, allow it to be backtracked. And I think there's this element, I've always approached it, I'm a mama's boy. If I'm not okay with my mom seeing something that I'm posting on social, I just don't post it. And that, that can include a comment on a private Facebook group in a private room. And for me, it's that idea if it's, if it, and it's that I risk versus reward, right? And, and I think it's something that we always have to take into account. And our digital footprint, our reputation, our job market, oftentimes our first impression with a, a future boyfriend or girlfriend will end up being a result of what we've posted online and what we've did online. So it's not always just even your job or your mom, but it could be someone that you're hoping to date and all of a sudden they're able, they're, they're going to discover things about you. And uh, so I'm, I'm so glad we brought that up. I'm so glad we brought out the, uh, that uh, Karina asked the question. Um, Sandra Sparks, who of course we were talking about earlier, who inspired us uh, kind of get involved as advocates for Help Erase. Uh, she also threw out there, you can go check out helperace.org. Lots of great content out there. You know, it's a, you know, it's a great cause and a great mission when, um, Everyone that, that Sandra talks to, everyone that kind of comes in contact with the Help a Race organization wants to do more, wants to get involved. And Mark, I know both of us are kind of crossing. We're doing all kinds of different things. And uh, when Sandra reached out to us, uh, we wanted to jump at it and, and do our part. So uh, any last final words, Mark? Uh, make sure that everybody follows you on social at iDigitalCop. Anything else to, to leave the audience with? I think that's it. I think just um, the one last thing I think I'd like to say is Paris, just um, – be aware, educate yourself on the platforms and what your kids using. If you're not on what they're on, then you're, you're, you're making a big mistake. Okay. You need to be on the same platforms as them um, and develop that partnership with your child. I think that's the, my biggest takeaway here is have that open door policy, whatever to call it, de develop that, 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 uh, that, that relationship so your child can come to you at any time, no matter what you're doing. I love it. That's great advice. And I would say I'll leave it with this. You know, I think when we often look at great causes and great organizations, the first thing we say is, you know, do we have money to donate? And we all might be in different situations for money. But I will say this, um, sharing an article to your page, retweeting a tweet, um, educating your friends and family costs zero dollars. It takes very little work to do that. And the impact could drastically change people's worlds. In this case, maybe help educate someone to take the actions that, that Mark gave here um, and maybe find their kid or you know, become more active as their kid um, disappears in those early days. So if, you, if you're looking for how can I get involved, you know, definitely reach out to Help Erase and, the, and Sandra and the team. But at the least, let's help educate the masses, share these content. And, and together, I think we can put an end to stuff like this because I think there's enough good in the world uh, together, the good can help drown out the bad. And and Mr. Officer Mark, um, my friend, you are you are one of the best of the best. You are paving the way for Thanks, future generations, and you're also um, you know making the world a safer place for my kids. And uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the service you provide to our communities. And and for all those that were watching and listening, uh, like I said, the call to action is uh, follow Help a Race on social, and let's do all do our little part to educate people. July thirtieth. 
World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. Let's all take that, that step forward and, and give freedom to those that might not have it today um, and those that might lose their freedom tomorrow. Uh, for Brian Fanzo, for Mark, for all those over at uh, Help Erase and, and Give Freedom, uh, thank you guys for watching and listening, and we'll talk to you soon. See you all. Take care.